0: What the truck! You are
1: listening to Why the Truck
2: Are you ready to truck it? I'm Dooner here with Michael Vincent the Dude. Hey,
3: good Wednesday afternoon everybody from the heart of Freight Alley. We missed a rain last night, man.
2: We missed the rain? It just
3: kind of blew by us again. Here comes the rain blowing. again. Yeah. it's kind
2: of. We bi- didn't miss What's the a feud, though. Now, no. Now, you might notice. Absolutely not. So let's thank Frank Kinney, by the way. Frank Kinney came on the show uh, oh, yeah. about a month ago. He saw the Tupac on the desk, and he said that it was it was tragic that we didn't have Biggie on here yeah. as well. Got him so both. he sent us one, and it arrived today, and yeah. now it's uh, on our desk. And, and very fitting, because there's a new Biggie Tupac situation going on. <laughs> a Biggie Tupac situation for Gen Z, and guess who's Donald who. Trump. Versus Elon Musk, did you see this feud kick off between the two?
3: I did see this going on right here. It's really funny because you got two incredibly huge egos that are not going to sit down.
2: So what happened was (laughs) Musk, you know, he wanted to back out of this Twitter deal, right? Yeah. And during that time when this Twitter deal came up, he got a lot of followers from the the MAGA side, a lot of people like free speech advocates who jumped on. And now Trump is jumping on that because he's backed out. He said all this stuff about free speech, all these people you brought into the fold. It's BS. In fact, he put this up on, I believe this is Truth Social. He said when Elon Musk came to the White House asking me for help on all of his many subsidized projects whether it's electric cars that don't drive long enough driverless cars that crash or rocket ships to nowhere without much subsidies he'd be worthless and telling me how he was a big trump fan and republican i could have said drop to your knees and beg and he would have done it he goes on to say p.s why was elon allowed to break the 15 million dollar stock purchase barrier on twitter without any reporting this is a very serious breach have fun elon and jack get to it we make all this That's unbelievable, man. (laughs) Why why is he saying... Well, anyways. (laughs) uh, Meanwhile, what's going on, too, is Musk is already tied up with Twitter, right? So he's at Twitter. Twitter just sued him the other day. And the funniest part of that is this is what has been entered into evidence. It's a meme of him talking about, oh, they said I couldn't buy Twitter. Then uh, they wouldn't disclose bot info. Now they want to force me to buy Twitter in court, and they have to disclose the court info Chuck made using Chuck Norris. (laughs) Chuck made. In another (laughs) incident here, I guess... Yes, you know, there's some communications on Twitter between Elon Musk and the current CEO of Twitter, yeah. and uh, they were talking about bot info, and Elon didn't like his response, so we threw a poop emoji, and now that poop emoji is an exhibit entered into evidence in this, this lawsuit case. It's unbelievable,
3: man. They, I mean, they they, they might just, just full-on embrace this. This is another, uh, you know, uh, Jerry Lawler and Andy Kaufman type of situation. Well, you know,
2: you know they are. Them. We got some secret video of oh, them do? getting and settling Seriously. this brawl up in the Fight Club of I love Bloodsport. It. Let's see I look. love it. Let's
0: see it.
4: Nice. Mm. Mm. You break my record.
2: Now I break you. Oh, you're the ref there, huh? <laughs> who do you get? I saw you over in the side. Who, who do you got? Super Magas or, or Super Muskers in this? They're super both very strong fans. Super
3: Muskers. Super Muskers? Super Muskers.
2: It's interesting. If you go on Twitter, they're already starting to, to go at it. Is that right? Pop some popcorn for All that. Right, one. I'm going Super Muskers. Pop some popcorn for that. We got a great show today, right? We We're gonna. Do. Before we get to the rundown, though, let's bring up let's bring up our guests. Let's bring it's up our Stewart. guests So she will know what our rundown is too, and she's not completely lost. So this summer, we've been bringing, bringing guests by, bring by here in Chattanooga. If you're in the area, let me know. We've been enjoying having people up on stage. with us come on, Christine Price. Here,
3: let me hold that so you don't uh, fall. Thank you.
2: So our special make guest sure co-host right on top of the trap yeah, door. I'm yeah, to
1: balance really precariously. So for the viewers, it's, I hope I
2: fall. Yeah, you're like one of the Walindas, You know, they, they used to walk across the tightrope. Oh, stuff. like Lech yeah. Like yeah, yeah. You, you ever see they went across the Twin Towers? Sure, absolutely. absolutely. So Christine, introduce yourself to us.
1: Uh, I'm Christine. I am a software engineer, not a trucker, but I consume many goods which are brought places by truck, and I'm here in Chattanooga. Uh-huh. And I said, "Hello, I'm in Chattanooga," and it. Was sort of the ball in your guys's court to say welcome to town. Here's a restaurant you should go to. And yeah. instead, you were like, please stop by my show. And I was like, yes, I am narcissistic enough to think the world needs to hear my voice. So
2: <laughs> we consider <laughs> this show a gateway drug to freight, right? So having someone here who may not be deep in the world of freight, but can can say when we're, we're saying something that's not make sense. So you call us out today. If we say something that like makes no sense, or you need more clarification, that's one of your key jobs today. Okay. And I'll even give you the cowbell. Hit this right? If you go, that makes no sense. Just hit this on us. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I don't understand. Click,
2: A lot on the show today. We're going to be talking about a possible protest over at the Port of Los Angeles. I actually just looked at a live stream that was coming out of there, and there was a massive backup, but that's every day over there with their scheduling system, so that you know, it could be that. I don't know. We're waiting for more clarity. Hopefully, when Rooster and uh, Super Trucker come on later, they'll let us know exactly what's going on with that situation. We're going to talk to Rachel Premack about, should we legalize marijuana for drivers? What do you think? Before knowing anything, before even getting into the topic, what do you think?
1: I think that sounds terrifying.
2: Terrifying. <laughs> okay. Well, not while they're driving. Just oh, we'll yeah. Oh. No. Yes. Okay. Yes. I yes. <laughs> like, not like no, not like mm. while we'll
3: going down the highway smoking. No, a no bowl. we're not going to require them to be high while they are <laughs> no, driving. No, we're talking about like right.
2: off duty like, or not you working.
1: No, make the long stretches of highway a little more entertaining yeah, well, a little more I mean, relaxed. Yeah. it does no. get boring. Oh. You okay. In their off hours. Okay. In Well, that I case, mean,
3: you drug test them and they so they smoke pot last night. Who cares, right? Yeah. Do you care or not?
1: Uh. If in their off hours. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not, I'm not really for it on like a societal level, but that's a whole thing. Yeah, I So I gotcha. don't care. Makes sense. Okay. We also Here
2: got AIT's Vaughn Moore. He has a Q3 freight outlook for us, an economic outlook as well. You know what you're going to learn today? How much freight is tied into the economy. That'll be cool. Um, and we'll go around the wild world of freight and truck, and let's tip the band. And then we'll bring Rachel up. We'll find out about this whole, uh, this whole marijuana issue. All right. Did you know AIT World Logistics is one of the fastest growing freight forwarders out there? I did. Absolutely. They grew by 400% over the past five years, earning a spot on Crane's Chicago Business Fast 50 list. How do they do it? By earning their their customers' trust with cost-effective, customized global supply chain solutions. Find out how your business can benefit when you visit. Tell them, dude.
3: Hey, go to AITWorldwide.com immediately after this show.
1: Now include you is, uh,
3: I'm immediately after the show. I don't no, know if she's the, the
1: Freight show.
2: World's biggest troll or not, but sometimes <laughs> it seems that way, that people, the way some people react to her stories. I like that they get people talking, and I like that they create these conversations. It's Rachel Premack, Editorial Director at Freightways. Rachel, thanks for coming back on the show.
4: Yeah, thanks for having me, and hi, Christine. Nice to meet you.
2: Yeah, nice are you excited you. that we brought someone in here who's not fully... Because you, like me, we like to cater a little bit to all audiences, right? You excited to have someone here who isn't fully familiar with freight, and you can help educate...
4: Yes, of course, of course.
2: Now, you're showing us your secret lair today. Like, the past three, four times you've been on, you haven't shown us anything. Has he died down with you and uh, the Longshore Mafia?
4: (laughs) Yeah, so, okay, so for those who are just tuning in, the last few weeks I've come on the show, my Wi-Fi hasn't really been working, so it looks like I've been, like, in hiding. I also wrote an article recently on the Jones Act, which has a very impassioned group of people so maybe my wi-fi was down maybe i was hiding in a secret lair to avoid the jones act um enthusiasts we'll never know it's the former my wi-fi wasn't working but now it's working and we <laughs> oh, don't okay. act up.
2: Having that much heat, having that much heat, bring down your neck and give you a lot of anxiety. Now, some people like to maybe smoke a bowl when they have a lot of anxiety. You wrote an article about truck drivers, right? And a new research study. Can you tell us a little bit about their findings and what that was all about?
4: Yeah. So a group of researchers from University of Tennessee, University of Arkansas, and Iowa State University, they looked at eight states where marijuana was recently made recreationally legal and studied whether truck crashes increased, decreased, stayed the same. And they found in those eight states that overall truck crashes actually decreased by 11%. Um, in six out of the eight states, the truck crashes decreased overall. And on two states, the truck crashes actually increased. Um, so there's a few different theories for why this is, but, um, they were just looking at truck crash statistics from 2005 to 2019 and kind of tracking how recreational marijuana changed at that time. Yeah. You or want to or hear ra- my- rather how e- long e- uh, after marijuana was made legal.
3: You want to hear my theory? They accidentally put two disparate data sets together and it came up with that figure. That's it.
4: Mm. I trust the researchers because they're pretty like – they said they, it seems like it was a pretty rigorous study. You know, you've got University of Arkansas, University of Tennessee. These are like big, yeah. you know, kind of supply chain colleges. But we'll, I'm I'm not a data scientist, so I well, definitely how- can't comment on that. Yeah, can you elaborate? Like, why did yeah, you say that?
3: You Well, because I, I I read through it. What did, what are the things that tied it together? It doesn't make sense that recreational. Uh, you mean, like the methodology would. Yeah, I don't. What's the methodology for studying this? They I mean, twenty five percent of it of the of the study actually increased. So, isn't that enough data to say no? It doesn't. That's it's pretty just spurious uh, relationship there. And and how do they tie this to? Okay, this actually affected driving because now it's recreationally uh, legal. I mean, how, what was their methodology?
4: So, one thing to note is that this—they didn't test whether the passenger, driver, or the large truck driver was necessarily under the influence of anything. Uh-huh. They just looked at crash statistics. Period. They didn't look at like let's delve into certain crashes and you know those sorts of things. Um, but so their theories of they didn't actually have a solid explanation or like this is why that happened for why marijuana as a whole reduced crashes, Um, they theorize that maybe those who normally drink alcohol would instead consume marijuana and obviously don't drive under the influence of anything ever, but um, generally people who are under the influence of marijuana are less likely to cause a fatal accident than those driving under the influence of alcohol. The other point is that marijuana is usually consumed at home rather than at a bar or a restaurant. Mm-hmm. But I do agree that, like kind of looking into the state by state results of everything, is a is a little confusing. Uh, the largest, the state that had the largest increase in crashes, the only one of two states that had the you know an increase in crashes was Nevada, and the state with the largest mm-hmm. decrease in crashes was Vermont, as you can see in this chart. So, so what, what was um, going on
2: in Nevada? Why did that go? Why did that go up in twenty five percent? What was? What are the Nevadians doing? So,
4: yeah. So the explanation for uh for that state, um, you know, tons of tourism, lots of people who are unfamiliar with the state roadways. They're traveling. They're driving. They might not know, you know, they don't have a kind of that same familiarity with the road. Um, They might be more likely using marijuana outside the home if they are travelers, you know, especially those who are visiting Las Vegas. The other idea was that Nevada is not particularly densely populated, so longer stretches of roads creates more opportunities for crashes. Again, the researchers didn't say, like, this is why. These were just a few theories that they kind of hypothesized um, for for kind of why Nevada uh, increased so much where most other states did see a decrease.
3: What a, did they lend any weight to the the clearinghouse and the fact that it cleared out so many drivers there? Was there any weight given to that, saying, "Hey, wait a minute, maybe this actually took some uh, nefarious people off the roads, and therefore that had a positive impact on"? By, you?
2: by this, you're talking about the seventy four thousand truckers who yeah. tested positive. Yeah, yeah, we got a chart on that. This actually shows all of the drugs that people were uh, yeah. were busted with. The marijuana is way ahead with seventy four thousand. You got cocaine at twenty thousand. You got meth at twelve thousand and feta speed at eleven thousand. Then you're going into like the painkillers from uh, from driving, but it's interesting yeah. when you look at the drugs here, like the drugs of choice. You've got cocaine, methamphetamine to keep the driver awake when he's going, and then when he stops, you've got all these pain medicines here. So yeah. you know the the pain of being in a seat.
1: Yeah, that was actually going to be my question. I don't know what sort of drug testing is involved in being a professional driver. Like, I don't know if it's if you're an owner operator, you just sort of go and do your thing. But if you're working for one of these big companies, there's right. How does all that work? And so would legalized recreational use even have an effect if if there's national drug testing.
2: Yeah, and that's a, that's a big issue that's with the drug question. testing. And I'll let Rachel elaborate a little bit more, but the one thing you have to understand with marijuana versus all these other drugs is that marijuana gets caught up in fat, so mm-hmm. it's not it, it doesn't rem- get out of your body within 24 hours. You could have that in you for 30 to 45 days, or you could take something legal like CBD that I would think most people don't consider to be psychoactive or would impact someone's ability to drive, but that would also pop off. A a drug test, but um, uh, Rachel, can you elaborate a little bit on how that process works—the drug testing process?
4: Yeah. So a few things. So uh, Michael Vincent, I wanted to mention the the study ends at 2019, and the federal clearing began in early 2020. I could see, uh, you know, drivers who, you know, maybe they are owner operators. They were never getting tested. They said, "All right, I'm out of here because I need marijuana to." live or sleep or manage my pain, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so just to explain the the testing process, in actually January 6th of 2020, um, the uh, Federal Motor Carrier uh, Safety Administration uh, established this thing called the uh, drugs and alcohol clearing house. So before, let's say you're an owner operator, you maybe for some reason test Uh, positively in some sort of drug test no like there's no way that like another and wait sorry let me explain that again so let's say you test positively for a drug Mm -hmm. and then you are kicked out of your current trucking company you could just go to another trucking company and they might not know that you ever tested positively for this drug Mm -hmm. now with the clearing more drivers are getting tested a and B if you are someone who tested positively for some sort of drug uh your potential employers would be aware of that the one thing to note is that you can uh follow a return to duty procedure and around 31,000 drivers have done that and are back on the road right wow yeah
3: you can go through the rehab type of stuff yeah
4: yeah and
2: and, i mean part of the like, are they using this study? What is the point of this study? Is it to use it to try to reform the laws or something? I mean, I know that there's a contingent of, of drivers and advocates who think it is unfair that in a state like Massachusetts or California, where marijuana is legal, you could go to a barbecue on the weekend, you could smoke a joint, have a drug test three weeks later and fail and be in the clearinghouse and have to go through all the process of, of getting back in. And it seems to some that this is um, asymmetrical, the amount of punishment that happens for this compared to much harder drugs,
4: right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the authors of the study told me that, uh, you know, this is the first study really ever done to compare recreational marijuana, legal marijuana, and its effect on trucking safety. So this is kind of just laying out the groundwork. They say that this study, I should note that this study has not yet been peer reviewed. So what they are looking for is peer review, additional research. And they said if, if additional research and peer review uh, confirms or adds on to their claim that legal marijuana doesn't increase the rate of truck accidents in most cases, then it should be reconsidered. I think the, the interesting tension with this is that, you know, the majority of states, medical marijuana is legal. Uh, CBD is legal on a federal level. And more and more states are making marijuana uh, recreationally legal. You have that trend going on in you know the larger American society, and then on the other end in the trucking industry, um, you have this law that was embraced for that was embraced by and advocated for by the larger trucking industry, especially large carriers that are pushing more marijuana users out of the industry. So there's just kind of this diversion, divergence from. You know, larger societal um, acceptance for marijuana and a trucking industry that is saying we don't want marijuana smokers, even if they are using it legally for medicinal purposes in their off hours. And just to emphasize one more time, not advocating, not don't, I don't think anyone should be using marijuana while they are driving or any other drug. Yeah, of course. I think there is conversation to be had for, like you said, what if you are using it medicinally after work? What are you doing what if you're doing this on a weekend?
2: Um, Rachel, I got to say, I mean, for advocates though, I think they're they're still going to have a long road, even with studies like this in trucking. I mean, Christine, she's not in the industry, and you tell her like something like, oh, "Okay, truck drivers can smoke marijuana right now." Her immediate reaction is like, "I'm like, whoa, what, what? are you talking <laughs> about? Like, see. what is the world coming to? Not the truck driver, <laughs> what next, surgeons? You know?" Uh, like, I, so I think that that is the, the the challenging role that they have. But it's really interesting that this study came out, and it'll, it, it's going to be curious to see where this plays, especially as younger generations who are more receptive to this stuff will have to see where it goes. What do we have to look forward to? Now? next in modes out of you.
4: Yeah. And the one thing I want to add is that truck drivers can drink alcohol in their, in their free time and alcohol. I think a lot of studies and research can can, do, do conclude that alcohol is more harmful to people and society than marijuana is. So again, not, not, um, pushing for anyone to be using any sort of substances as they're driving, but I think there is kind of a larger conversation to be had about about this topic um, next on modes I'm actually c- going to be drive uh, writing about uh, what's going on in rail there's tons of rail congestion a lot of labor issues bubbling up I don't write about rail very often so it's a, it's a fun experiment for me to um, you know dip my toe into that world but it's I think it's gonna be a good a good newsletter so. Be sure to okay. subscribe.
2: Well, you're going to have a whole other rabbit community coming after you. It's the rail community, so you're going to have another fun week hiding out. Which one more? Get spin, in line. Spin the wheel, of the <laughs> questions. Rail Twitter right. is... Did you see that? What was that? What's happened to you? Did the wheel break on oh, you? Oh, yeah, it
3: did. Oh, what happened? What oh <laughs>
2: anyway.
3: Yeah, I spun it so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's because I didn't smoke any marijuana before the <laughs> show. You just
2: used all your So here's,
3: here's, the, here's the question. What is the most stolen vehicle in Massachusetts according to the NICB?
4: I'm going to guess it's either a Jeep Cherokee or a Ford F-150. Oh uh, No, neither
5: either, We're not
2: going to give you the answer yet because we got other people who are going to guess, but that's not even on the list. So No. Sorry, yes. Rachel. You're not even
3: in the top I- 10. Subscribe
2: to Modes. We'll catch you next Wednesday. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Take care. Go subscribe to modes, people, at freightwaves.com. All right, Vaughn Moore, he's the president and CEO over at AIT Worldwide Logistics. We actually got to see him in person in Arkansas about two months ago. It was amazing. You know, you may have seen the pictures of him online, you may have seen the video screen here. It does not even compare to the gentleman in person. Vaughn, your suit looks lovely today, too. It's a nice, like, wine color, at least it looks like on my screen. Oh, we got him muted. Can we unmute uh, Vaughn? Oh, sorry.
0: Oh, you're good now. You're good now. That's burgundy. Would we call that burgundy? Sorry, I'm We're good going. now, so I, I had to make sure I matched up to Biggie and Tupac. There, I got to make sure I'm dressed uh, <laughs> to <through> impress. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's hard with those two up on the uh, on the big stage. It well, is, how- and you
0: look—you don't want a shirt off, so I'm going to let Tupac handle that one. <laughs> oh, well.
2: Von, <laughs> <laughs> how have things been treating you since we saw you in uh, in Arkansas? Things going good over at AIT?
0: Well, it's been wonderful here for sure. I mean, we've had a a great run and continue to have a great run, but we also have some amazing challenges in the industry, and I'm sure we're going to be able to talk about a lot of those.
2: Yeah, well, last time you were on, I, I didn't even realize it's been this long. It was January when you were last on the show. And during that one, we were talking about capacity, right? We were talking about capacity across uh, all modes. It was a major challenge back then. The Mm -hmm. problem then was there wasn't enough equipment, there wasn't enough space. And then eh, a little after, like in February-ish, things started going down and it's been downtrending for a while and we're all hoping that it picks back up at some point. And today we hope you help give us some clarity on what's gonna happen in Q3 and Q4.
0: Sure. I, I think we're, we're looking at a few things. Let me start it. I'm going to break it down for air, ocean, and ground, if you don't mind. So Sweet. from an air standpoint, and I know that's not necessarily in all the space that we discuss at uh, What the Truck, but this is good to be able to understand the impact of what happens in the U.S. Um, we're, we're, seeing rates drop, uh, we're seeing rates drop on the air uh, freight side. So uh, as imports are coming in, rates are dropping a bit. Um, the issue is because there's more capacity than there's been in a while. Uh, we have some of our larger freight forwarders that have bought a uh, chartered space. Um, they're really lowering rates just to be able to get anything to move uh, on those flights. So that's affected capacity along with um, we're having more international passengers that are flying. So we have more belly space available than we've had in a while now. But what is complicating that is that uh, China has not completely opened up. They're still having spikes of COVID where it's affecting uh, Airports being open, and that also affects the ocean ports too. So we've had some challenges. Um, Obviously, inflation is affecting short-term demands uh, a a bit more. But um, the bigger issue is on those charters. uh, The larger players are trying to fill those spaces, and we have more capacity than we've seen in a while. So we got to watch what happens with the rates there a little bit. Um, I think with ocean, we've got some challenges coming up. Just this morning uh, on the West Coast, we're talking about a possible strike for this weekend, just in solidarity for the AB5 ruling, um, that can uh, start some slowdowns there on the West Coast. that will affect trucking. Uh, but we are seeing some rates dropping in uh, in Ocean, too. And that has happened. Uh, and I think these things are going to stay um, fairly stable uh, down a little bit more. I think as depending on where demand comes uh, towards the end of the year, particularly closer to Q4, where that might spike up a bit more uh, when we get closer to a peak season. Last time I spoke to you, we were uh, forecasting we thought a peak season might elongate into the August, September months. I no longer think that. I think we're going to have something more um, that we're used to for peak season uh, in the normal months for what's happening seasonality-wise. Uh, and for ground, obviously, you probably talked agnosium about the impact of AB5 right now that's so unknown. We don't really know what's going on there and how that's going to affect everyone. Spot market's improving Uh, with quote load ratios equalizing somewhat. So uh, it's a little interesting watch for sure with disruptions and everything else that's happening. We've also seen what's happening on rail that Rachel just mentioned. We've got strikes uh, in Europe and some different challenges there. So we have plenty to be able to watch in Q3 and Q4. um, But I'm still optimistic of what's happening in logistics as a whole because our companies are performing so very well.
3: Yeah, I was going to say, Von. you know, you, you talk about these things and, and one would, you know, through most of those uh, reports that you're talking about, ground, ocean and air, most people would think that, hey, things are just kind of getting very vanilla and just kind of smoothing out and stuff. But there's certainly flashpoints that are out there and issues
0: that are causing major volatility, right? Uh, I would absolutely say so. I mean, you've got, listen, when your consumer price index is at 9.1 percent, just came out this morning, 40-year high, that's going to affect demand. Um, that's obviously affecting inflation. Um, one of the challenges that's going on is in warehousing. Um, companies have gotten their inventory in, which is where they got hurt on the beginning of the pandemic. But they've got too much inventory, and the issue that most companies, many of our clients, are actually coming to us saying we need the right inventory in our warehouses to deliver to the client. The right inventory, and here's the problem: um, so many, so much issue for capacity in warehouses that are not available. So they're having trouble. They need to clear out their warehouses. So what we're going to see in Q3 and Q4 is probably some price slashing going on on certain products, uh, especially consumer product goods, that will clear out some room in warehouses and allow the right product coming in uh, to be delivered as we get closer to the holiday season. I think that's big. I also think the euro being close to a one-to-one ratio, that's the first time in Mm -hmm. 20 years Mm -hmm. um, that that's happened. And I think that's, uh, we've had a nice, export going on us to Europe export increase going on while China was shut down I think that will uh, slow down a little bit so we're gonna have to watch what happens on that dollar um, getting so close to one-to-one ratio what how that affects freight uh, going to Europe
2: now, Vaughn, Christine, she is not from the world of logistics. She's actually a software engineer. And I got a question for her that I'm going to throw at you next. But the first one is, are you, because I know you're moving. She's actually out here in Chattanooga. She's looking for places to move in this remote world. Are you concerned at all about infl- inflation and the economy?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, on the one hand, my family tends to be, like, decently frugal. Like, we buy our meat by the half cow. Wow. We do most around our own cooking. Like, mm-hmm. pretty, we don't do tons and tons of travel. But, like, oh, yeah, it's... It, anytime I go to buy something, it's like, huh, wasn't this wasn't this cheaper previously? So it's
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like Prime Day was yesterday. It was, it was a lot harder this year. like last year when like crypto was going crazy and my portfolio was up 35%, 89 percent, depending on what it was. Like anything on Amazon was just like, all right, just buy it now. Yeah, you need that, go get it. And this year, yeah. it's like. OK, the kids in a computer. We'll get that. You know, it's it's, it's the, the spending has definitely pulled back in. Not that we're even getting impacted that much just yet, but it's just also that like fear of moving forward. Vaughn, should we be scared? Freight says so much about the economy. Can you give us a little bit of an economic outlook from your opinion?
0: Yeah, well, first, I'll tell you that it's a it's a bit unusual because typically we are a leading indicator and we can see t- typical recession uh, signs They're not as clear uh, now as they have been maybe in the past. And I think that's because some of our recession has already been built in. Um, uh, There's many economists that agree we've already had a lot baked in already. Um, So that may be why we're not seeing direct correlation. But look, there certainly are signs. I've already said it about what's happening in the right type of inventory being needed. Let me point out to you also, Kristen, you make a good point about meats, uh, proteins. Um, I'm hearing uh, with some of our clients that we're going to have protein shortages coming up in the fall. Uh, And we need to be ready for that. And I was quoted not too long ago about feminine hygiene products being uh, on short supply. So there's different things still happening, like we got used to with toilet paper and paper towels. They're still occurring. We're still facing some of those challenges that are going on. And um, I think we're going to just have to adjust to a new normal of some of these starts and stops in these areas that are uh, unusual. I'll additionally add, though, that um, I've seen two of my uh, largest clients, uh, especially in the retail side, Lowering their forecasts for the last uh, six months. So um, some of that is starting to happen, but not on larger scale. Um, I'll also tell you pricing is not going to be as volatile as it has been in the last two years on our air ocean ground. Um, I think we're going to not see those giant numbers spike up and down uh, as we go down. So hopefully that gives us a little bit more stabilization. That's what we're seeing.
3: Excellent, excellent stuff. So uh, let's talk about AIT Worldwide. Uh, How's things been going for you guys so far in 2022?
0: Well, we're we're pretty humbled. It's been truly remarkable. We'll probably finish uh, close to $3 billion this year, having great run rate. We open offices in India and Czech Republic and continue to open up offices organically. We'll probably have some acquisitions targeted in Q4, Q1 of 2023. And we continue to get wonderful recognition um, from many, many uh, sources about uh, our our company and about how we're viewed. Uh, we were named um, uh, Best Midsize Employer uh, U.S. here by Forbes recently and continue to be recognized by Transport Topics and others about uh, what we're doing. And I'm just really proud of our team and happy to be able to be on with you guys and be able to talk about what's going on in the economy. And um, hopefully we all have uh, continued growth, though, in logistics. It's never been more fun to be in logistics. And Kristen, I hope you get it in your blood, too, uh, about <laughs> why it's so important. I'm going on 30-plus uh, uh, years in this industry, and there's nothing more exciting. It's always changing, and it's a lot of fun.
3: Yeah, she didn't wear a mask today, so there's a good chance she's going to get infected with the uh, freight in, bug. <laughs> yeah, no, cool.
0: no. <laughs> the freight bug. Get it in your blood.
2: <laughs> Just before we let Vaughn go, any questions that you had from anything from this discussion that uh, jogged your mind?
1: Oh, no. Um. Well, how is all this going to affect prices of furniture? Because if we buy a house, oh. I'm very intimidated by furniture. I... And that's something that, like, it goes a lot of places. And, like, all the ingredient. Let me, yeah, tell you good. I'll
2: let me tell you a horror story right now. So my oh, couch no. arrived yesterday. So I bought, remember that couch I bought when I bought my house last year? Last April, I bought a it house. It just arrived? China. April in 2021, I bought the couch. No, it didn't arrive until August. And right. then it arrived and the frame was broken oh, underneath true. it. So they had sent me a new one. You know when that new one arrived? Yesterday. Yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so good luck out there. Buy stuff that's in stock, maybe. Oh, okay. what, what do
0: you think, Vaughn? Yeah, I, I, wish, uh, I wish I could give you good news on that. I think you're going to see inflation still impacting prices. But I'll tell you what's more important to what was just said is you need to have lead times of anywhere from four to six months for delivery of your product. So you better act fast. Uh, That's what's happening to many people. Also know uh, what happened during the pandemic is so many people were ordering furniture into their home because they're taking care of their home where they never got to it before, even outdoor furniture. That's right. So a lot of that already happened. So that furniture got delivered first, and now you're in a cycle that's just going to continue to be delayed. Yeah,
2: you had so much time during the pandemic to just like walk around the house and be like, "I hate that rug. I hate that couch. I need a new chair. This office chair sucks." Um, the wheel, Vaughn. The wheel of super question for the day is, and I think you might know the answer to this one because you're a uh, you're a KG man. What is the most stolen vehicle in Massachusetts according to the NICB?
0: Well, I would have no idea how I would be an expert on knowing that uh, particular car. And I will guess a Toyota Camry. Ooh, that is close. A good guess, you have gotten closer
2: than anyone so far. And that car is also on list. It is not first. We will reveal the answer at the end. But right. a very good, very well, smart guess. Very. I'm smart. not
0: as dumb as I look, I
2: You look fantastic. Sweet. Thank you so much for your time today. And also, thank you for helping educate our guests a little bit. Yeah, right. Appreciate I want to test right, the validity. Take care.
3: Oh, sorry, AITWorldwide.com. Go there A-I-T-worldwide. after the show. So is this working? Did you understand what belly cargo is?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's sort of a self-explanatory where okay, you cool. have I a passenger plane and then there's space in the Sweet. bottom Sweet. All right. Yeah, so I like it. Do understand what that is? Excellent.
2: Well, do you remember... What Von Moore from AIT said last time he was on the show?
3: (laughs) Yeah, he said, you better be watching out for furniture prices. Well, that, and he also (laughs) said, bigger is better.
2: Better is better, right? Better furniture is better. Bigger is
3: better. better. Whether it's their new offices in
2: India, expanded life science operations in Europe, or acquiring one of the best Final Mire providers in the US, AIT's exponential growth is driven by anticipating and reporting to customer needs. Discover how they can help your business gain fast, streamlined access to new markets. that. Tell them, dude.
3: Go to AITWorldwide.com immediately after the show. Did I say that already once? You did get that. Oh, Go there maybe. immediately maybe after the show.
2: The hey, it's Rooster and Justin. What's up, boys? nice Wednesday out
5: there. <laughs> it's a nice Wednesday <laughs> out here.
2: Meet our guest. You might know her from online, right? Is the yeah, Pastafarian yeah. Prince Price? Price? Yeah, Price? Yeah, last name, Price. <laughs> I always read it as Prince, because oh. I thought the last name was I thought the last name was Rice, not so, Price. So
1: okay, I muddled my Twitter name slightly, just so if you go, it's it's mm. not like you type in Christine Price yeah. and here's the first thing that pops up. It's it's not. It's very harder good to cancel upset. you if you write
2: something off color on, on the, the bird. They're still gonna come for me. Uh, <laughs> Well, all right. boys, how you both doing today? Before we jump into things, Russo, let's start with you. How are, how are you feeling this week? Uh, I've actually been pretty uh pretty wound up, you know, with all this
6: situation out of Port of Long Beach in LA. Been up since five o'clock this morning, trying to keep up with the news and
2: see what's going on everywhere on it. All right. Well, aside from that, do you ever think about things other than freight? How are you feeling in those regards? Oh uh, well, actually,
6: glad it's raining out here on the farm. You know, <laughs> nice. uh, kind of kind of been a little bit uh parched here lately but you know I'm seven inches so far this month that's that's
2: not bad oh great well you know christine was telling us earlier that she is a sometimes a frugal shopper right she buys a, a half a cow
1: yeah a yeah. quarter
2: of a cow is that he's he works on a farm he's uh-huh. not a butcher but is that the best way to go about purchasing a, a, a cow that to eat
6: uh actually my cousin is a butcher and you know we've raised cows for many years uh you want, if you know what, know what price to buy that, that's a great way to do it. You know, uh, a lot of the uh, future farmers of America's have uh, cattle shows, you know, every year and, you know, the state fairs. And usually after those shows, they sell those cows. And uh, sometimes that's about some of the cleanest meat you can eat.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, those those future Farmer of America cows or the 4-H ones, like, that will be very lovingly raised, but those ones do tend to be a little on the pricier side because it's a little bit of, like, a, a fundraising thing for, like, the kids' college. And so you'll have local businesses be like, you know, you might have what the truck, purchase this lamb raised by some kid, and then you'll have, like, you know, a company barbecue where you're paying more for pounds than... You would oh. for yeah, yeah, someone yeah. who's a dedicated... For some altruistic yeah, yeah. type of Although, man. I, yeah, yeah, I yeah.
2: went to right. 4-H camp when I was like 10, yeah. and yeah. I uncurled a pig's tail, and it didn't curl back, and I felt like really bad. I thought, <laughs> no, <you lost laughs> I, thought I was getting <laughs> I I was get in trouble. I guess they take a while to come back like into a perfect... It doesn't just recoil <laughs> like a spring. Right. <laughs> Justin, how about you? How, how how you feeling this week, buddy?
5: Good, good. I was actually in 4-H, too, when I was a child. I raised chickens for 4-H, not wow. cows. What about roosters? A lot easier. <laughs> no roosters? I had one. I had uh, a Millie Fleur. It was, uh, he was very, he sucked. He was the worst rooster ever. <laughs> okay. <sucked>. All right. <laughs> rooster,
2: you got competition with another rooster. All right, let's yeah. take it. So, rooster, you started <laughs> off with this. You said, you know, you've been up all night trying to get information on what's going on at the Port of Long Beach. Over the weekend, we were sent this image right here. Uh, if you guys could show it, it says owner-operators are, you know, having a 24-hour shutdown wednesday july 13th break news now these, we see these things all the time don't we and you always have to verify them because there's any kook on facebook or instagram can make a flyer like this and put it out there and you never know where they're gonna go what do we know so far rooster
6: all right it'll, basically we got this sunday evening i believe is when you sent it to me it's over the week it's kind of been quiet but everything seemed to pop off yesterday afternoon uh closer Halls over at uh, Freightways. She had an interview with a company that said that some of their workers had uh, notified them that they were not going to come in today, and that's kind of when the floodgates opened. We had multiple people uh, online. Some we could name, some we don't want to name, uh, have sent us images of you know more rallying of the troops, you could say, uh, getting everybody up. Uh, Alex Mays, my show was been on what the truck. He put out a video yesterday evening about 9 p.m. where people had got one him and they were actually, you know, detailing plans of uh, over at port of Long Beach there by the uh, APL Eagle Terminal uh, setting up a bobtail blockade, basically. And then they was wanting people to bring in and rally up, bring flags, banners, and they was going to do a sort of a convoy from port of Long Beach down to port of L.A., also, we've gotten information from Port of Oakland that they some of the other drivers were not going to come in today and they were basically going to take the rest of the week off. and they were not going to show up till next Monday, you know have a five day protest.
2: They need to protest wow. that stadium out there. They got other they got yeah, they got they got, they got issues problems, coming man. from all sides those guys. Do we We also had from uh, Flexport uh, Navy Strang. He's also been a guest on here. He said word is not all drivers will protest, which makes sense cuz not all drivers are impacted by this, but still will be several hundred who intend to block access to major terminals. This is a guy over at Flexport who uh, had some information on that. Do we know if anyone's lined up? You saw a video on there, but it's it's always backed up at. So it's hard to, what the hell that's from, right?
6: Well, we got another video sent in. Uh, I believe it was Justin that called it Soviet-era era footage, but it was real bad. Uh, didn't have any timestamps, no <laughs> notifiers on it, no address of where it was at. So, you know, we couldn't verify it. Uh, stuff stuff like this I take kind of seriously. That's the reason I didn't want to jump the gun when we got that first message. I like, I want some uh, collaborating evidence to go yeah. along with it. To- and you know kind of sat on this till last night and then you know everything showed up it's like okay time to write an article
2: christine what do you think if when you hear stuff like this on on the news right and i remember before i was in logistics i probably wouldn't give it much thought and be like yeah i mean whatever they're gonna figure out their port contracts and ab5 whatever the world's gonna still move on is that kind of your your perception of like a situation like that or do you think it could get much worse
1: Things where getting truck drivers to work together towards a common goal, it's kind of like herding cats. Although, as my boyfriend is fond of saying, (laughs) herding cats is easy as long as you know how to open a can of tuna. Um, Or have a laser pointer. Um, So, and I just don't feel like we necessarily have that laser pointer can of tuna right now that everyone can sort of align on. It's like, okay, you've got your problem over there. I have my family to feed over here, I, I don't know. So it's like, I hear things like this, and right now I'm not particularly worried about like, oh no, where is my toilet paper going to be yeah. next week? Um, you have a good
2: understanding of the fragmented nature of the trucking sure. market. I remember uh, Matthew Leffler the other day, he wrote under one of these posts talking about AB5, and he said, well, you know, why didn't all the independent owner-operators uh, do what Uber and Lyft did? I mean, this law came out to put Uber and Lyft. I mean, it's the irony of ironies. This law was put out to attack Uber and Lyft. They end up getting an exemption for this and spent over $200 million on this. now." the fragmented nature of independent drivers is they don't have $200 million to fight this thing. Getting to agree about anything is tough enough. Like, who even knows if they'll show up at this protest today? We, we're still trying to figure out if that's going to yeah. happen. We don't even know. But I got a question for you, Justin. What would catnip be for a trucker? Or what would a laser pointer be for a trucker?
5: Uh, free overnight parking.
2: Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> what about Rooster? You got a thought on that one? Uh, uh,
6: free lunch, free company lunch. Wow.
3: Wow. It's that easy? to Nobody, do nobody went to lower fuel prices? Yeah. We
5: can settle this <laughs> well, all with a free lunch. Free. You don't have to pay for the fuel. All right. Trucking oh, executives of America, all you got
2: to do is just get some free lunches and we can solve a lot of these issues. It is laser pointers for cats.
3: <laughs> Charge $10 for now, a gallon of diesel. Give them a free Big Mac. You'll be.
2: Aside from this protest, there yeah. is another hope. Justin, you put this up on TikTok. Let's play the tape and then we'll talk about it.
5: think they have one more Hail Mary pass to try and get around California's AB5 law. And what they're going to try and use is the Commerce Clause. So in the U.S. Constitution, the Commerce Clause protects the right to engage in interstate commerce free of undue burdens and discrimination by state governments. And their argument is that California's AB5 is an undue burden. And a big part of why we're in this mess is because of companies like Uber and Lyft, the ones that this law was intended to go after. But thanks to $200 million in lobbying, they're now exempt from the laws that were intended to go after them in the first place. Well, Justin, is this going okay. anywhere? Uh, right now, no. You know, we're still waiting to hear back. We, we interviewed uh, Chris Shimoda from the California Trucking Association the other day. Um, it's just another step in a long legal battle that they're going to be uh, going step by step to try and defeat AB5.
3: Hmm. Yeah, now they have to come from behind, though, right? Because the injunction has been uh, has been lifted, right? So this can't extend anything that's already gone. So now they have to try and re- get another injunction to get this heard, right? Yeah.
1: I mean, yeah. And
2: imp- well, I was
1: curious too, okay. does this
2: impact software and stuff too? Like, because you use independent contractors and dev builders and things like that, right?
1: Um. So right now, the company I work for is located in Utah, yeah. and we're a pretty small startup, and. So it probably does, just not in my world yeah. right now. Gotcha. Um, yeah.
3: So it possibly could, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha.
2: You know, a bi- big topic that's going on, too, is is women's rights. And would it surprise you to hear that a pregnant woman was fired via text by a trucking company?
1: No. <laughs> yeah, sadly. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's
2: not surprising, sorry. right? Yeah. Sadly, it, it wasn't surprising. Oh, Rooster, tell us what happened here. I believe this was up in Canada, right?
6: Yeah, this is good old Canada land. You know, the law's a little bit different up there of... Uh, Driver was working with a company and she, you know, got pregnant and went in you know, joyful news, went in to tell her boss and boss did not like it a bit. And uh, they had a little back and forth argument. Uh, he decided to fire via text. They started texting back and forth, saying the lady saying you can't do that. And he's like, well, I made that decision yesterday. Well, it goes to court uh, over at the labor tribunal. And the judge kind of looked at it and said, "Uh, this is kind of basically, you know, premeditated determination. And uh, since the guy didn't show up for court, you know, I'm just going to rule in your favor. You know, And I didn't have the
3: courage to go up there and face his accuser. Wow, guy didn't even show up for court,
2: and that's how it won. <laughs> so and nothing else case. from
3: the from the judge.
2: Yeah, the, the group that he didn't get a bench warrant." There's a quote here from the guy. It's not in your article, but uh, I put it on Twitter, and I'm trying to find it right now. So dance for me for a second, Michael Vincent.
3: Yeah, it just, it just strikes it me as is. odd that the court had, didn't have anything else to say, than the guy wasn't there, and therefore we're going to rule in your favor. He didn't give any Okay, other it's right here. A few days later, Twitter.
2: colleagues, including a foreman, told her that the employer openly calls her a good-for-nothing oh, yeah. and that he also wanted his colleagues uh. not to do as she did and not get pregnant with the first person who came along. Whoa.
1: Wow. You know, that's sort of strange, because usually the advice men give to women is to, yes, stick with the first person instead of person after person after person. Uh, yeah, of, <laughs> I mean, you
2: can't win, right? I mean, it's, it's hard to fight hypocrisy. Uh, it's hard
1: to know and what those, those Canadians, Canadians are th- thinking. And this guy
6: being a Ployer, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure Kanda has something similar to the Family Medical Leave Act. I mean, he, he should have yeah. known better. Start off with it.
1: Yeah, I think this might be just a case of kind of a dick employer. Can I say yeah, that? Yeah, sure. Um <laughs> that that it is a, you know, a big sign that the trucking industry hates pregnant yeah. women or something. It's just huh.
3: <laughs> yeah, guy. he's a leftover dinosaur from the days of stupidity, yeah. and ignorance. is. Don't give me those guys really? are here though. I mean, yeah. no,
2: there are a lot of guys like that in, oh, yeah. in this industry. Um, that unfortunately have that. And my only regret on this one is I would have liked to put this company on blast, Rooster. I, like I unfortunately Canadian courts don't yeah. they're, not, they're not they don't have sunshine laws like Florida does. So you get there was no information about any of these people involved. You just know what the incident is, and and that's it. But uh, you know, uh, on the, at least on the good point, the victim gets their privacy. So I guess a win for yeah. them on that one.
3: Yeah, there's a win there, right? But yeah. you can't name and shame the people into.
2: Now speaking of privacy. Oh, Sometimes yeah, <laughs> I like to get undressed in my truck with the curtains open. No, I don't. But apparently this guy does. And that's not you, Justin, is it? Who is that guy? I thought it was. <laughs> no, no. I didn't know you started I'm modeling, Justin. Is this, is, was this before your freight waves time? <laughs> no,
6: I much nicer longer. headphones.
2: The You're funny <laughs> stuff little we little find bit. on Canva. Rizner, what is going on? On Reddit, there was this big discussion that people were like, <sighs> they were yelling about other truck drivers getting changed in the, in the buff right in their windows. Is this a thing? uh you gotta
6: hand it to r slash truck on reddit you know everything was stressful with this whole san antonio situation needed a good laugh and you can always count on reddit to stir something up and uh there's basically this big discussion of uh you know drivers uh not taking the, the courtesy of closing the blinds or undressing themselves, and it's not just the male thing it's females also Ooh. and this is a whole whole different tangent than what we was used to talk to but uh, I personally I make sure to block the curtains are shut not only at the windshield but also in between the the driver's section and the bunk when I'm changing my clothes. I mean,
2: geez. Well, Justin, are you a little bit more of an exhibitionist? What do you do?
5: Do you show the world? <laughs> no, absolutely not. I drove a team for four years, you know, you're keeping all the curtains closed.
2: <laughs> Oh, okay, yeah. So he was driving with, a, with another driver. <laughs> do, do you think it just becomes, like, the laziness and monotony of the road? And even though you're, like, never really staying in yeah. the same place, you're always staying in the same place because it's, like, a rest stop. And then after a while, you're just like, I, I don't care.
5: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, some guys just yeah have that's what happens.
3: See to me, it would be like I don't know anybody who's eight feet tall is going to walk by and see me, so I'm not really worried about it, right? I mean, there's got to be some effort to look inside the windows. Well, to it's see interesting because you have these exhibitionists, there, right?
2: <laughs> but I've also heard from other people, like these extreme measures they take at night when they go to sleep to keep their doors locked. Like there's guys out there yeah. who have like trip alarms set up, and they oh, yeah. have laser alarms, and they tie their their uh, their seatbelt around the door handle, and they go. And, meet, and then there's other ones just showing the world. Yeah, the world's full of uh, all different jelly beans and flavors, right? Yep. Yeah, tastes all nice. Have you seen what is it, have you seen anything like this though? Have you in, have you come across such an incident of uh, public displays of um of body?
5: Of <laughs> body. <laughs> not personally. Not, not personally. Not like, you know, no. I I have had to use a, a load strap to keep my door shut though. Some of those truck stops in Gary, yeah. They, yeah. Uh, they're real I mean, sketchy. Ooh. I, oh. I,
1: I will say there is an obvious technological solution to this. Is it that? is OnlyTruckers.com. This way the exhibitionists will get their their that on and they won't wanna be giving away the goods for free at truck stops. So everyone's happy.
2: It's, it, you know how many guys would just be on that I app, though? It. it would be it would be quite the sausage. On <laughs> 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 uh, <and>, uh, <laughs> truckersonly.com. I mean, we're an industry that's like 8% female. So it would... Uh,
1: but, not, you know, Not maybe. a big fan base there for... <laughs>
2: yeah. Maybe. We'll no. not <laughs> not There's got to be a market for that. <laughs> you know, the coolest thing about trucking is that it touches everything. Even the universe. The universe, this James Webb telescope, was brought to you by a truck. And this load was really expensive. So moving around had to be really, really high anxiety. But they started moving this thing, right? This truck came in. On um, December, when, when did it arrive here? Mike Goslinger, he put this. These pics from California were at Freda Bay Summers Trucking drove the Webb Telescope 26 miles. 26 miles, they so had to go with this thing, too. Uh, through L.A. Through L.A. to get to the port. <laughs> I don't know if a strike was going on. It then wow. traveled by boat to Guiana, uh, and it was uh, this $10 million rocket. It went up December 18th. We finally got some pictures back. The driver of that truck, by the way, was George Ardeling. Pretty cool stuff, right? You think he uh, deserves a little cowbell for moving this? Absolutely. All right, bang then. And this is what he brought back. I mean, look at this cosmos here, right? I mean, if these pictures are believed, we're like we're like a little blood cell, like a little little blood cell in like this gigantic universal oh, organism. God, I mean, what's even crazier? Either. When you look out there, that that happened billions of years ago. Like you're looking at we're very old data. Yeah. yeah
3: uh, what's crazy is these...
5: everything. Everything in the images that has like a sparkle on it, those are just stars. Every single thing else, every single dot in the rest of the images are galaxies. Massive.
3: Awesome. Yeah, it's it's absolutely. It's insane. When I look at those, I think, man, is that really what it looks like? Are those enhanced type of pictures, you know?
1: So I think some of the coloring they, is, yeah, like, they, indicative of, like, okay, you know, some of this is, like, x-rays and stuff. Yeah, because like it's be an able to infrared see it. telescope. It's, so it's not, it's not technically optics. red, but, yeah. like, it's – this is still –
2: it's crazy. Yeah, all those NASA pictures are recolored. In fact, a lot of the data coming back is actually infrared light. Right, that they, right, have right. To they have to recolor the them. Right, but uh, imagine coming across from those space nebulas. I mean, I don't know. That's 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 pretty. That's pretty frightening. Uh, you guys, you look at that stuff. Though, you guys, you believe in aliens? You like not necessarily yes. that they came to Earth, but like out somewhere within it. Oh that?
1: yes, they must. They yeah. must. Yeah, like some kind of life. But like, if we wanted to get someone else's attention, how would we even do that? I know. And so, if someone's yeah. trying to get our attention, you know, what, yeah. what are they? Doing? And even if we saw on some distance galaxy, they somehow projected above it we are here it's more like we were here because the time it takes the light to travel to us, their civilization is yeah, probably going. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, so
3: Christina was here. And to go investigate, <laughs> you're, 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 you're also so giving Dua. away your, your family
2: <laughs> to go out to those three, you'd be giving away your family and, our, and your life. You'd have to really want to be those, uh, and Trevor, guys, th- Rooster, you definitely believe in aliens, right?
6: Hey, yeah, a big Star Trek Star Wars fan. This universe is too big not somebody else to be out there but you know like you said what in the world are we gonna do when they show up <laughs> well when they, they show up they're already here dude they ever make any crop circles yeah. out in that uh
2: <laughs> they ever make crop circles out in that field of yours uh
6: not any left you know uh, you <laughs> know after after after, after the wind blows
2: there. there might be some all right <laughs> what are you justin you you look like a rational man maybe you don't believe in aliens
5: I've been to Creech a couple of times. It's just over a hill from Area 51. And I tried asking every kind of question, and they just respond with eye rolls. They have no no sense of humor with that kind of stuff over there. <laughs> yeah. no, well, they never do. Yeah, I gotta be you know. tired. No,
2: uh, no one doesn't have a sense of humor about uh, snow anymore, Is Pennsylvania has passed a new law. It was actually based on a, a terrible incident that happened. And if you've lived in snowy places, you know how annoying it can be when four wheelers or trucks don't clear the top or the front. You can get massive missiles and projectiles shot at you. But here in comes the question I for you, Rooster. How do you clear snow off a 14 foot trailer if you are parked overnight, big snowstorm happens, you got to get out? I've shoveled cars before. It's hard enough to shovel cars out. Well,
6: if you want to get off top of a trailer, you either want to have to if you have a stepladder on the front of your trailer, you can climb up that way, but you know, the roof's not made to really support a person, but they do make a snowshoe design for scraping off the top of the trailer. It's about 150 bucks at home Depot right now, which I, you know, way uh, things go when something's get made, gets made legal, it doubles the price. So mm. buy one if you can, if is not, you know, is it like a roof, you know, like a roof these... cleaner?
2: Like the kinds you would get for your, your roof is it just a long telescopic pole. Like with a brush on it.
6: Well, uh, it yes, but it's got a, like a curve built into it that we can yeah. reach over the top, mm-hmm. Uh kind of like a really long farmer sickle. But they also make these uh, sc- uh scrapers that they install, you know, at the parking lots of warehouses, and you know, you can drive your you just drive through it. It scrapes the top of the snow off the roof. But you know, a lot of times for those, they either break down or they tear a hole in somebody's roof. They get mad. They s- you no, know, they fire insurance claim, then they
2: block it off for everybody. So, you know, uh, that's another whole deal there. Well, Justin, uh, Justin, you have something out. Talking about a driver. Now, this driver did, wasn't covered in snow. I don't know what excuse he has. Let's take a look at this clip of this Swift driver and uh, what he got himself into.
5: Any truck driver who's been driving for any amount of time knows the importance of get out and look. This guy clearly has no idea <laughs> what's going weird. on. <laughs> yeah. Zero situational awareness and he's just going wherever he wants I
2: see there, like, which is, I'm trying to figure out what this is if anyone in, in the comments like knows where this is uh, please let me
5: know And doesn't quite look came like a like truck like stop fully, I thought there was a fuel island for a second but I don't see any fuel pumps but wherever it was he's clearly trying to back out of there but right about <laughs> there he nails the fire hydrant so that's going to be <laughs> a, another fine big ticket comedy of errors comedy of errors
2: Guys, we have a question. The Wheel Stupid question of the day is, what is the most stolen car in Boston? I imagine this is probably the same answer in most states, though.
3: Probably is. It looks like it
2: Toyota like Corolla? Uh, no, it's a paddy wagon. No, I'm just kidding. No, that's number four. <laughs> that's <laughs> number four. What do you got, Rolls? Right? four. Kia <laughs> Kia Sophia. Kia Sophia. No Michael Vincent. What are the top five?
3: Steal a Kia Sophia.
2: <laughs> well, no, I mean if you look at these, they're they're I mean there's a 2009-2013 Honda Accord. It's a Honda 2012 Honda Civic. So late models are targeted because there's a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Got a 2019 Camry, 2020 Corolla for the guy who's like, "Nah, I don't want to steal old cars." Got the Nissan Altima, a 2019 Ford pickup, 2001 Honda CRV. Those are super popular with the thieves, I imagine, cuz you can you can mod those mm-hmm. pretty easily. That was a nicely built car. 2019 yes. Toyota Rav4. You can find me on Twitter at Timothy. You can find him at Vincent and the Dude. You can find her at Telemo. Oh, right. pa-
1: Pastafarian Price, except there's no A at the beginning of Pastafarian. Uh,
2: yeah, I don't know. Find him at Rooster. <laughs> to you find him at <laughs> Super Trucker. Go to at Back the Truck. Subscribe to What the Truck We Get podcast. And while you're there, look up Back the Truck, Up Rooster, and uh, Justin's new show. Very don't much. be a stranger and tell my to be. Michael Vincent. Hey,
3: peace and love spread it everywhere.